0: So yeah, we are going to be starting our scriptures this morning in Ephesians 5. So if you have your Bibles, please open them. If you don't have a Bible and you would like one, please raise your hand. Because like we usually do, we will be in one scripture, but we're going to be bouncing around. And I'm not cool enough to make slides for everybody. So um, sorry about that. So we're in Ephesians 5. We're going to be looking at Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2. We're going to skip over verses 3 to 6. And we're going to be in 7 to twenty one Let me pray for us one more time. Jesus, we pray that this word would be new and fresh to each one of us God, um, that it would be s- still as it always is, as firm as it always is, but fresh to each one of us God. Pray that you would speak, Lord, that you would bring your spirit of revelation. And that our hearts and our minds and our lives would be changed by your revelation. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. All right, so I'm not going to be giving a whole bunch of background on the different scriptures that I'm given to give context to them. So I'm going to put that on you guys today. I'm going to be grabbing some different verses from some different chapters, but the context of that is on you. So please go back and read a lot of that. I'll give a little bit of context to this Ephesians verses that we're going to read. But whenever we're jumping into the other scriptures please go back in your own time and read over those scriptures to make sure that Zach is not speaking heresy. Make sure that Zach is not doing something that is outside of those scriptures because truly our faith is all on us. It's on each one of us individually. It's not on me. My faith is on me. I can't, even, I can't make my kids have the same faith as me. It's on them. They have to seek it out. So in Ephesians 5, before we start off, we kind of look at Ephesians 5, and basically through the book of Ephesians so far, Paul has been telling these people in, in the church in Ephesus, he's been saying to them, you have new life in Jesus Christ. The old is gone, it's passed away, and you have new in him. Even if you have been a part of the body, without Jesus, you have no life. But with him, you have new life and you're a new creation, and you've been found new, and you can grow in this new life. Um, he kind of goes back and he talks about people who don't have that life, and it's kind of like what we see in, a, in, in Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6, verse 4, uh, verses 4 through 8, I'm not going to read that, but it basically says, uh, the, the writer of Hebrews goes back and says, hey, if you have tasted of God and you have experienced him, And you have known his power and you've known his Holy Spirit, and you've stepped away from that, there's no other sacrifice for you. Jesus is the only sacrifice. He's the only way. Jesus is the only way. He's the only way to God. And if you throw away Jesus and you say that Jesus is not part of the sacrifice, that he is not enough, then there's no other way. Jesus is the way. It's kind of sort of that, that, I used to be that guy that whenever I was leading Bible studies and stuff, I would say to people, hey, what do you think about this? And somebody would raise their hand and they would give that Sunday school answer, Jesus. And I'd be like, no, it's something more than that. And the more that I've gotten to know Jesus, the more that I've grown in him, I repent of those things because it is, it's all about Jesus. It really is. If you take Jesus out of the equation, then there's no answer no answer so that's where we are at paul where paul's talking about in this point in ephesians and we get into ephesians 5 and we start in verse 1 and he says therefore be imitators of god therefore because you are new in god and because he is all that matters because jesus has saved your soul therefore be imitators of him as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Skipping down to verse seven. Therefore, do not associate with them. He's talking about those sons of disobedience, those lawless, those people that don't really want Jesus or the people that say that they want him, but then they don't live it. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with with all your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So the title of our message this morning is, He is Good. And if there's anything that you get out of this today, my prayer is, is that you get out that He is good. And that He is worth it, and that He is more than what we even understand, and that we, as we embrace Him, and as He embraces us, and there's this big embracing inside of us, that we are filled more with Him, and that He has more for you than even what you have right now. Okay, so in uh, verse one, we see, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, in, Genesis 1 and 2 and 3, we see that we are made in the image of God, being made in the image. That's kind of like my son. um, I have three boys, and my sons, whenever they see me, whenever people see them, they say, oh, that boy, he's a callthorn. He's got those callthorn ears. He's got that callthorn chin. He can't take those things away. He is a callthorn. And just as all of you, whether you know Jesus or not, you are an image bearer. You bear the image of God. And that changes the way that we think, and that changes the way that we even interact with each other. Because if I interact with you as an image bearer of God versus just a loser or just a guy that cut me off on the street or whatever, then I interact with you differently. I see you and I say, wow, that guy is an image bearer. He bears the image of God. But here we see Paul saying not just to be an image bearer, not to be someone that bears the image of God, but to imitate. Him, We are to walk in the ways of God and be a part with Him in what He does. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. As we all, as parents may know, you're constantly trying to grow your children up in your good things. Unfortunately, they usually pick up all of your bad things. My obstinance, my sons like to have, Um. Whenever I say, no, don't be obstinate, be flexible. They're like, well, you are, Dad, and we're just following you. (laughs) I'm like, well, you got a point there. Um, Don't do as I say. Don't do as I do. Do as I say, right? (laughs) That's not the way that it is. But God, in all of his perfect power and all that he is, we, as we imitate him, as we follow him, then we truly are able to walk in in wonderful ways. And what does that even look like? It looks like verse 2, walk in love as Christ loved us and he gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We, as the body of Christ, as we imitate God, then we truly do. We walk in love, submitting ourselves to each other, loving each other, showing who God is through our actions. Why? Because he himself is good. And he has given us the example to offer up himself for us. How great that is and how good that is that he has given freely of who he is for us. Yeah, we have to sacrifice of ourselves to find more of him. Let's skip down to verse 7. I'm going to read 7 through 14 and we're going to take a little bit of a look at that. Therefore, do not associate with them. Um, this, is a, this is a really good call for each one of us because each one of us, you guys may have grown up in an area like I did where I came into the kingdom and I had six best friends and my six best friends did not come into the kingdom with me. I shared the gospel with them. I loved on those guys like crazy, but I took them and I gave them a seat of honor in my life took these guys that did not have anything to do with God. They did not want Jesus. And I gave them a seat of honor in my life and I let them speak into my life and share into my life and grow into my life. Whenever this scripture obviously says if they don't want to have anything to do with the kingdom, then you are not able to associate with them. And that doesn't mean that they don't have a part, you don't let them have a part of your life. You just don't give those people a seat of honor. You can't listen to their input as much. You can't follow what they say My friends are smoking and drinking and sexually immoral and and enemies of the cross. And I'm going to them and saying, hey, what do you think about, what do you think I should do in this situation? Do you think Jesus would want me to do this? And they're like, I don't know. I don't care. You know what you should do? You should do whatever you want to do, whatever your heart says. And so often we do things like that. We take people that are outside and we say self-help people, these people that are counselors that don't really know Jesus, that don't care for Jesus, and we give them a place of honor in our lives. But that's not what God is calling us to. He's saying, therefore, do not associate with them. Why? For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for light for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and all that is right and all that is true and isn't that so like god isn't that where he's found isn't that his goodness that in him the light is found and that is the good all the things that are from him are the good they are the things that are the the truth he is the light he is the truth john 1 says that He was the life of men that became the light of men. And in that light, the darkness has not overcome it. So he in himself, Jesus Christ, is the fullness of everything that we need. Verse 10 says, try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Whenever you guys hear the word discern, what is it that you think about all the time? What, is that, what does that mean to you? For me, it means find out. Gotta find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Gotta find out what is good, what is right, what is the right thing to do. We've got to find it out. And as we seek Him, He truly will help us find out what is discerning, or help us find out what is um, pleasing to Him. And part of that is to take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead to expose them for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. We're able to shine the light into the darkness and bring truth to it. Awake, up, wake up, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, for Christ will shine on you. Let's go to Psalm 1. What does this look like? What does this mean for us? How do we break this off and turn this into reality for us? We're going to read verses 1 through 4 of Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Just what I said just a minute ago. Those who aren't following Jesus, you should not be taking counsel from them. Be apart from them. Do not follow what those people are telling you to do because truly they will not lead you in goodness. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners. And that's not standing in the way like a linebacker stands in the way of the the fullback to knock them down. No, it's standing in the way, meaning going in the way of those people. Don't stand. Don't do what they're telling you to do. Nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Blessed is this man, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. How many of us truly meditate day and night on the law of the Lord? And how many of us truly delight in the law of the Lord? Most of us, if you're like me, see the law as, you know, maybe a guideline kind of sort of kick against it. I don't really like laws. They don't really hem me in really well. I probably drove here over the speed limit because that's a law that I just want to push up. It was only four miles an hour. I just drove 69 over 65 over 288. Just a little bit of push. Most of us don't see the law as something that is pleasing something that helps us, something that grows us. We see the law as something that's to be pushed off, to be bucked against. But it says here in the scripture, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And why is it a a delight to us? Because the the law leads us to Jesus. It leads us to more of Jesus. And if we want more of Jesus, then we follow the law and we get more of Jesus. As we meditate on it day and night, And what happens to that person who does that, who follows the law to get more of Jesus? What happens to him? He is like a tree, strong and sturdy, standing upright and ready. That is what? It's planted by streams of water. Not a tree that's been planted in the desert to shrivel up and dry, but a tree that's planted by the streams of water. The roots are going to the stream and the waters are coming and they're being filled up. You're being filled up by the waters of God. And it's yielding fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither. If you can think back on the story of Jesus cursing the fig tree, why did Jesus curse the fig tree? Because he went to get fruit off of it. It was the fig season. He went to go get fruit off of this tree. And whenever he went to grab the fruit, there was none. So he said, well, tree, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Be gone. If we are plugged into the stream, if we're plugged into Jesus, which is the stream here, then we will bear fruit in season, whether that's fruit's inside of us or that fruit is outside of us, exterior fruit, me sharing with you, you receiving that, or it's inside of me, me getting the fruits of the Spirit, me coming closer to Jesus, me knowing him more. In all that he does, he prospers because he's plugged into the stream. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Let's flip over to Psalm 23. If you can catch this so far, it's all about Jesus. It's all about following Jesus and walking in him. Being an imitator of Jesus is being with Jesus, walking with him. Being a child of light is being in Jesus, walking with him, knowing him, following him. Why do we do any of these things? Why do we hope for any of these things? Because honestly we want more of Jesus. We need more of Jesus. Psalm 23, verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If God is my shepherd, and he is over me, he's a covering, he's a protector, he's a guide, he's a lead, he's a helper, he comforts me, he feeds me, he takes care of me in every way. If he is my shepherd, if the Lord Jesus Christ is my shepherd, then I am in need of nothing else. I don't have any, any other need. This is a continual I am lacking nothing. We don't have this tense in English. It's a subjunctive tense that brings everything just continually in a, in a, in a circle. Or I think it's a conjunctive tense. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Of English and, and uh, what is that? English vocabulary and all that stuff was never my. St- grammar. There we go. Thank you for mouthing that. Grammar has never been my strong since. Um, and it probably never will be. Um, but it's that, it's that tense of, if the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not continually, I shall continually not need anything. Jesus truly is enough. Not just enough for salvation, he's enough for everything. I, I, uh, I sometimes have arguments with my wife. Just, you know, constructive conversations is what I like to call them. Sometimes they're arguments with my, with my wife. And I can always tell whenever we have arguments And it's on me. It's because Jesus is not enough in me. I don't love her like Jesus should. So if the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He is the shepherd. He's the reason that I'm not in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He takes me to places that are good. He wants to bring good to me, and he wants to show me good. He wants to take me to that grass that I can eat on and that I can enjoy that are beautiful. He will restore my soul. He restores my soul. The Lord is my shepherd. If he is those things to me, then he will restore my soul. He leads us behind, beside the, street, the still waters to drink and to enjoy and he will lead us in the path of righteousness. Not that it's always easy and always good because though I walk through the shadows of the, the, the though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death walking through the valley of the shadow of death is not easy. We see all of the things on side of us. But we will fear no evil, for he is with us, and he is the place that we go to. He is the place that we come to. He is our rod, and he is our staff, and he is our comfort. If you will, flip over to uh, John 4 for me. We're going somewhere. I will draw all this together in just a minute. Pastor Tim's going to be preaching on this in a couple weeks. This is the woman at the well. Jesus is sitting at a well beside Samaria. And he tells this woman to give, her, give him some water. And she says, you have nothing to get water with. What are you going to do? And we pick up in verse 13. And Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty forever. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. If Jesus gives you of himself, then he brings a spring inside of you. And that spring itself will well up to eternal life. That's the thing. We, we kind of have this thought all the time, and I've, and I've heard this in the church a bunch of times where we say, well, we come in on Sundays to get filled up so that we can go out to be poured out. And we come in on Wednesdays to fill up and we go out to be poured out. That is wrong theology. Jesus himself is enough for every single day for you to get filled up. That's what Jesus is telling this lady. You will need to thirst no more because you have the stream of water inside of you. Right now you have it inside of you and you will take that stream of water out from you and you will share that stream of water from this place of abiding. John 15 is all about abiding in the branch. I mean, the vine, you are, I'm the vine. You are the branches apart from me. You can do nothing, but in me, you will bear much fruit in me. You will bear much fruit. Do you know what the difference is between abiding and not abiding or doing and being? You can go and do something without actually being something. There are people that are engineers that go to their job and do certain things. They are doing the engineering stuff. Then there are people that are actually engineers. Everything that they do revolves around being an engineer. I'm sure that all of us have seen um, teachers that are like this. You see a teacher that goes and teaches. That's a job that they go and do. And then you see a teacher that in everything, in every day, they are teaching. Teaching is their life. Teaching is their passion. Teaching is their hope. They are. They are being a teacher versus doing teaching for a job. What we're talking about here is the difference between doing and being. Are you doing the things of God? Are you taking the word of God and the law of God and you're reading it because it's something that you're supposed to do and something that you're, that you're um, told to do? Or are you being a person of God. And you love the law of God. You love the scriptures of God because it's part of who you are. Because he is good and he is worth it. Because he himself is so much better than everything else. In John 10, we see that that Jesus tells um, a story of the sheep and him being that good shepherd that we read about in Psalm 23. And we're going to go back to Psalm 23 in just a minute. He tells the sheep in John 10. 10 he said the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. He's talking about the sheep. He came to give life. And what is that life? It's what we read about, what we talked about in John 1 just a minute ago. It's Jesus. Jesus came to give of himself and to give of himself abundantly for each one of us so that we can take of him. But how many of us are truly taking of Jesus daily and enjoying him? I have a friend who had a, a vision or a dream of God that really stuck with me about six or seven years ago. In this dream, this vision, she had this tree that was, there was this field of trees that had flowers on them. And as she took of these flowers, they kind of turned into fruit in her hand. And so she took one or two or three of them and just kind of stuck them in her pocket and was like, oh, these are really cool. Flower fruit, flower fruit, flower fruit. Wow, these are cool. I'm going to stick them in my pocket. And there was all of this fruit and, and flower trees in front of her. And she felt like God spoke to her very clearly inside the dream and said, all of this is me. All of these fields, all of this fruit, all of these flowers are me. And you're only taking one or two. One or two of the fruits. But Jesus came to give life and life abundantly. He came to give all of himself to us. He came to give everything to us. I love the scripture in, um, where is it? Colossians 1 I think it's verse 27, Colossians 1, 24 through 29, Jesus is talking about the mystery of the gospel. And he gets to it in 27 and he says, the mystery of the gospel is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's Christ in you, brothers and sisters. That's the mystery of the gospel, that God in his fullness was pleased to dwell in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ in his fullness with God is pleased to dwell in you. And that you have the fullness of God inside of you as long as you're tapping in to the stream. You're drinking from the well that's inside of you. You're drinking deep, a deep drink, not a little sip. We're not doing this. That's enough. Because that's not enough water for anybody for the day. But it's drinking deep, enjoying the whole bottle of water. Let's go back to Psalm 23. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He will set a feast in front of us. He sets it up for us to say, hey, I've got you. Take and eat and enjoy all that I have right here for you. Because I am enough. It's feasts of himself. He anoints our head with oil. And what happens? The cup overflows. What does the cup overflow with? Jesus This is a water bottle. It's an empty water bottle. In this empty water bottle, there's nothing. If we take a little bit of water and we put it inside of this water bottle, then there will be a little bit of water. If we take rocks and dirt and sand, what will happen to the water? It will either be pushed out or the water will kind of sip around a little bit of that stuff. Jesus wants to fill us with himself, fill us with water. He wants to turn us into a full water bottle. Well, it turns into a full water bottle of himself. There's, no, there's not two compartments here. There's not three compartments here. There's not four compartments here. It's one compartment. We, brothers and sisters, are like that. We have one compartment. We can either be filled with God and drink from the well and let it spring us up into life, into eternal life with him, or we can fill up our compartment with other things that don't really matter, with politics and a job and a fullness. These are things that that aren't bad in themselves. But as we fill ourselves with them and we make those things our doing instead of being in God and abiding in him and drinking from that well and letting his well spring up inside of us and bring us closer to him, getting more of him, then that'll that'll be it. But as we're filled with him, just imagine I can't do this but you know, I saw a guy do this kind of really cool thing one time where he put, he had he had a Coke in here and he put some Mentos in the bottom of it and you didn't know that he was putting Mentos in the bottom of it. And then as he shook it, it started overflowing out. And he was talking about how as we are filled with God, it overflows. It overflows inside of us. Flip back to uh, Ephesians five for a minute. Verse fifteen through twenty-one. Says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Watch how you're living your life, as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil, and we know that that's true. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We talked about that. Figure out what the will of the Lord is. What does He want for you? I'll be honest with you, brothers and sisters. The will of the Lord for each one of us is more of Jesus. He wants in each one of you more of Himself. It's more of Jesus. And I love this in verse 18. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. That, that be filled there is a continuous. It's a be being filled. You are be being filled by the Holy Spirit. Jesus giving him more of yourself, drinking from that well that springs up in you eternal life. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit so that your cup is overflowing. So that there's more, not just enough just for you, but more for everybody. Are you abiding this morning? Is you enjoying the goodness of him? Because he is good. And his goodness is... Man, I don't even know. There's not another word to say it. His goodness is good. It's good. Verse 6 in Psalm 23 goes back to say, Surely goodness, his goodness, and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Another word to use inside of this whole abiding, being, versus doing and striving and all this is dwelling. Are you dwelling in his house? Are you dwelling with him? Because as he dwells in you, that spring shoots that water. You don't thirst anymore, you don't need anything else. It's good, it's better. better you don't do these eight verse 18 says and do not get drunk with wine you're not filling yourself with those other things you're filling yourself with jesus that's what this verse is implying don't fill yourself with other things that aren't as good as him wine a job busyness your boat whatever it is i love a boat by the way but i don't want to fill myself with that the days are evil be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with him. So that, verse 19, you're addressing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all of your heart. These are things that only come from the wellspring of Jesus Christ. Trying to do all of these things, uh, you'll go up to your brother and be like, hey, brother, how are you doing today? Addressing him with songs, right? That's weird. It's silly, Right? But whenever you get around someone and that person has been drinking deep from Jesus Christ, that person comes to you and they say, man, let me share with you what Jesus is doing in my life. Can I share with you and tell you how he's impacted me? Can I give to you from the well that's, that sprung up in me that's bringing me to eternal life to bring you to eternal life? I do address you with a psalm because I'll actually read to you the psalms. making melody to the lord with all your heart giving thanks always for for everything to god the father in the name of our lord jesus christ submitting to one another out of reverence for christ because it's really all about jesus all that we care about is jesus we're moving to him another way to to read it is in isaiah 12 verses 1 through 6 got some old testament examples new testament examples this is a message to the um, Israelites for salvation. It says, it starts off, it says, you will sing in that day. In what day? In the day of salvation, in the day that you're drawing from the well that leads you to salvation. In that day, you will say, I will give thanks to you, O Lord. For though you were angry with me, your anger turned away, that you might comfort me. Hallelujah. Behold, God is my salvation. It's about him. I will trust and not be afraid in him because it's about him. I'm receiving from the well. I'm drinking from him. I'm abiding in him. I'm with him. It's all about him. For I will will trust and I will not be afraid. For the Lord my God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Verse 3 says, With joy you will draw waters from the wells of salvation. Where are the wells of salvation that we just read about? It's inside of you. It's the Holy Spirit. It's God. It's Jesus living inside of you. The mystery of the gospel. Christ. In you, the hope of glory. So what do we do? And you'll say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, proclaiming that his name is exalted. Just So he's saying, we exalt you, Jesus. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously, because he is good. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst Is the Holy One of Israel great in your midst, inside of you? Is the Holy One of Israel for each one of us? So, let me ask you a question Are you drinking deep? Are you abiding? Are you just striving, keeping going, running through the motions? Are you doing? Are you being? Being filled. Be being filled with Jesus Christ. Because you can be running 100 miles an hour and be being filled, abiding in him, loving him, and be exactly where you're supposed to be and not feel any tired. Or you can be not and just doing and crawling and be worn out. Walking from here to the edge of the stage and worn out. Man, that was so hard. That was so tiring. Whew. I'm just doing all these things instead of being all these things. Psalm 34 has been a really big help to me in all of this and understanding all of this stuff and walking in all of this stuff. Um, and it's become even better for me since I had COVID. I had COVID back in the middle of uh, February. And it's. Uh, I'm not going to read all of Psalm 34, but I encourage you read all of Psalm 34 and receive the blessing that Psalm 34 has on you. I got COVID, and uh, after about three or four days of having it, I couldn't taste and couldn't smell anything. And now I'm kind of on the the extreme um, ends of the spectrum. I can taste it about 10 to 15 percent back. It's still really muted, but I can taste a little bit of salty. If I take a spoon of salt, I can taste a little bit. If I I say with a with a with a uh, French fry, if I put a lot of salt on it and I eat it, I can taste a little bit of salt. I can't taste any of the potato. Potatoes are kind of bland anyways, but I can't taste the potato, can't taste anything else on it. If I dip it in ketchup and I eat the ketchup, then I can taste a little bit of sweet. That's what it is. Um, But let's look at Psalm, Psalm 34, 8 first. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. We started off with a little bit of background information on Hebrews 6, 4 through through 6. Talking about those who have tasted and known and then have trampled on the name of Jesus. You've tasted, you've experienced, and then trampled on the name of Jesus. There's no other sacrifice left for you. But for those of us who have tasted and understand and feel and know that He is good, we're able to draw from that wellspring to continually taste and know that He is good. Uh, whenever I got COVID and I lost all my my taste, it kind of came to a head one day, um, and. I went to a friend, went with a friend, We went out to eat, went to five guys. I couldn't taste anything there. He wanted to get some coffee. I said, okay, let's go get coffee. The only place around there was Krispy Kreme. I love Krispy Kreme. It's my favorite thing in the world. I had said, hey, I, will, uh, I have this coupon where I can buy a dozen and get a dozen free. And I can, you can take it home to your pregnant wife, and you guys can go and enjoy a dozen. And I can take a dozen home to my family, and they can enjoy that. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm going to enjoy this Krispy Kreme. I love Krispy Kreme. And because they taste so good, I don't care what the calories do to me. They're just so wonderful. And so I grab one of these donuts and I put it in my mouth and I could taste nothing. Not a single thing could I taste. Which Krispy Kreme is basically like liquid sugar, right? So it's like liquid sugar in my mouth and I'm like, I can't taste this liquid sugar. It tastes like nothing. I just wanted to like, take my bite back out of my mouth and put it back on there and say, you go enjoy this. <laughs> but how many of us are like that with the Lord? We pick up his word because we're doing and we're striving and we're not abiding in him. We pick up his word. We come to church. We go to places. We do, we do things that should fill us with him. But instead, we're just eating empty calories because there's no enjoyment in it. And don't, don't get me wrong. I will eat 100 Krispy Kreme for the enjoyment of them because there's not very much nutritional value in them. <laughs> and I love them. You know? <laughs> and one, one day I'll probably die from them. Um, it's a good thing that in the country that we're in, there's no Krispy Kremes around. Um, but how many of us are also like my taste right now? We're tasting on the far ends of the spectrum. We'll taste a little bit of his suffering a little bit of his goodness, but everything in the middle, I don't want any of that. I don't care what that tastes like. But I'll be honest with you, whenever you take and you taste of God and you know his goodness and you feel his goodness and you're abiding in him and you're filling the well spring up and you're drawing from that well and you're drinking deep from the well of God and you're letting your cup floweth over because he's giving it to you, You want to taste all the flavors. Like the Skittles said, taste the rainbow, right? You want to taste all the flavors of the rainbow. Because he truly is that good. His goodness is in every situation because it truly comes down to him. There is no life apart from him. Apart from him, there is nothing. So I have questions for you today. And I'm just going to pause... For a little while and make it awkward and let you think questions for you are you abiding in Jesus are you drinking deep from his well and that wellspring that's inside of you are you have you been in the motions are you doing and striving and you find yourself just it's bland it just doesn't taste good Because I promise you, he does taste good. It's way better than Skittles and way better than Krispy Kreme. Or have you never tasted of God before? You've heard it. You've never wanted to surrender and take that step. You've thought about it. You've understood a little bit of it. But you've never taken that true step to surrender your life, to say, man, I want this this well Inside of me. I want to be planted by the waters so that my roots can go deep. Just so you know, rivers don't move very quickly. Over time, they may change and there may be an oxbow or something else in there. You have to be planted by the river. You have to be planted where Jesus wants you. You have to be in his will, not in your own will. That's so what we were talking about with that. It's, just, it's blessed as a tree that's planted by the waters, by the stream, to grow up. He does want to build that stream inside of you, but it's where he wants you to be. And so it's a surrender. It's a sacrifice that is so much better than anything else because he is better. So let's just take a couple minutes and just answer those three questions. Let me rephrase them again because I talked and rambled for a minute. Um, are you drinking deep? Are you abiding? If the answer is yes, man, praise the Lord, praise Jesus. I'm so help, so so happy for that. And I want to pray over you for more abiding. Because for more of Jesus, just because you have a little bit of water in you, Like, there's a little bit of water in this thing, doesn't mean that I can't be filled to the full. And just because this thing is full, well, that's not one, that one's not full. This one, just because this thing is full doesn't mean that it can't overflow even more. And my capacity for more of Jesus can come. The second question is Are you tasting on the edges? Just what you want to taste. A little bit of sweet, a little bit of salty. You don't want to taste that sour, you want to taste the nasty. Or are you completely bland in taste? Putting that Krispy Kreme in your mouth and it tastes like nothing. So you're like, I don't don't even know why I'm eating these 10,000 calories. I can't even taste them. All right, just think about that for a second. Let me keep it awkward for a second. He's good. He is good. And if we want Him, He will freely give us more of Him. And if we want more of Him, He will freely give us more of Him. If you are abiding this morning praise the Lord. I want to pray over you. Jesus, I thank you for all of those brothers and sisters who are planted by the stream, Lord. They are tasting and seeing that you are good. They are understanding in the good, the bad, the evil, everything in between, Lord, that you are Lord and that you are in control and that you are everything, God. Lord, I pray that you would fill them more with you, God, because we can never have too much of you, And the older that we get, the more that we have of you, the more that we know that we just haven't had any of you. We've had so little. We're like my friend that stood by the trees and was taking two and three fruit. Whenever you're saying, you can have all 10 million fruit if you want. Lord, let us take more fruit and drink deeper of the well to be filled more with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Maybe you're the other side that's on the spectrum. I've tasted of God. I know him more. I know him a little bit. I want more of him. I want to have the full taste of the spectrum. I don't want to be doing and striving. I want to be abiding. I need to abide in him. Maybe you're those. You're on that side. I would encourage you to talk to someone about that. To say to someone, man, I really need more of Jesus. Let those people help you in discipleship and pointing you to Jesus, so that you can abide in Him. You know this Christian walk is a uh, it's a team sport. We're the Church of Jesus Christ, the Body of Jesus Christ, not just one person. We're not an island. I want to pray for you as well, Jesus. I pray that you would give fullness of your spirit you came to give life and life abundantly to those who call in your name and give themselves over to you jesus i pray that you would bring life and life abundantly god i pray that that we would surrender our lives to you so that we would no longer just be doing the things that we would be about doing or just not even doing anything that we would be about being in you Because as we abide in you, as we are planted by the stream, as we drink deeply from the wellspring of life that's inside of us, God, we are able to taste and see your goodness and share your goodness and walk in your goodness. We're walking from a point of rest, a point of good, instead of a point of maybe I'm doing okay, maybe I'm getting something, fruit comes. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would do that in these lives. Lord, as they commit themselves to you, as they commit themselves back to wanting you, Jesus, more. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And the third one, if you haven't tasted and you want to taste, there's a perfect opportunity right now for you to taste and know that he is good. And we would love to come alongside you and help you in that tasting. Um, But I do, I just want to ask, if anybody does not know Jesus and they want to taste and know that he's good right now, you feel like this is the time. You feel like as we've been talking and maybe even weeks and months have gone by and the Lord's been knocking on your door, I just ask you to stand right now and let us pray over you. If you're at home, the same thing. Just stand in your room so that the people that are around you can pray on you, pray over you. If there's anybody at all, just stand so that we can pray over you. All right, let's pray because maybe there are some that aren't ready. Maybe there's a bunch out there that don't. And even you guys at home, we want to pray over you guys if there is anybody. And let us know. Send us a note at questions at calvaryrva.org so, or so, um, so that we can know and we can help you be planted by the streams of water. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray for all of us that aren't planted by the streams of water, God, that we've never tasted. We're on the peripherals. we have we've doing Christian things. We've gone to the church before. We've been at the church at different times, God, but we've never truly tasted you. We are just walking and, I don't know, God, we're doing the things that we think that we should do. We're good people, as we like to call ourselves, God. I just pray that you would pour your spirit into these people, Lord, as they give themselves to you, Lord. Lord, fill them afresh. Let them abide in you. Let them know you, God. Let them follow you. And God, let that wellspring of life that leads to eternal life just grow up in them. God, Jesus, we thank you. Lord, let these people surrender their lives to you. Surrender their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me pray for you one more time. I just want to pray all over you guys one more time. Um, Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that your revelation would come to each one of us, Lord, that your word would bring fullness to us in the name of Jesus and that we would know you and grow in you more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.